What is up, everyone? Happy Sunday morning. My name is Cub Cooker. Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Christ's Infinite Well. Now, every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we talk about faith, spirituality, and the realm of the paranormal. Uh, three things that I think perfectly tie together to create what we call supernatural. Uh, it's the beliefs that we have. It's the weird things that are all around us. Um, and then it's the practices that we do, the actual spiritual practices. And uh, I love this stuff. I love doing this show. I get to do it twice a day. Um, I take Saturdays off from this show and take care of the private community. Um, and then on Sundays, I do a esoteric gospel reading. This is what we call Esoteric Sundays. So it's kind of a themed show that we do on Sundays uh, focused around the Gospels. Uh, and during the week, we talk about things like the Book of Enoch. Uh, we read through ancient, ancient uh, scriptures from the Emerald Tablets to um, things like the Dhammapada, uh, the Bhagavad Gita. We also get to uh, dive into things like um, like the extraterrestrial stuff, paranormal uh, really cool stuff on this show. So if you like that, you're in the right place. This is a place for an open-minded crowd. So um, if you are, I don't care where you go to church, uh, what your faith tradition is, where you don't go to church, who you're married to, who you're not married to. Uh, so we're an all-inclusive community. That's one of the biggest things I value here. As long as you're here in love and light, you are welcome here uh, and you're respectful to others. So uh, so keep the comments light today. Let's have a great time. Let's get into, uh, the scripture today. We're going to be reading from John four. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a reading of the scripture, probably that you've never heard before, probably a whole different spin on it. Um, so I hope that you guys get where I'm coming from with this. This is not your pulpit commentary. This is definitely, uh, down the rabbit hole, more of a spirituality, uh, delving into even the psychedelic-ish type uh, understanding of all of this. So it's going to be a really, really cool study today. Um, we're going to be reading from John 4, and we're going to be finishing off John 3, mainly because I didn't finish it off last week, and I think that there's a lot to talk about around the end of John 3. Um, so anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. We've got a lot of people joining today. Thank you guys for being a part of this. Um this is a message that I think really just needs to resonate with people in a universal way. I, I am not approaching this uh, from a Christian standpoint or any type of religious affiliation. I am approaching this from a universal Christ perspective. The energy of Christ, the consciousness of Christ, uh, the, the message that he spoke, uh, not as a religious icon, but as, as the truth, as the light, just as this universal figure that it doesn't matter where you're at, it doesn't matter what walk of life or faith you have or don't have, uh, these messages are, are definitely great downloads to just apply to your own spiritual walk, your own life, um, and that's how we're going to approach it today, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, let's see, Temple says, I was just reading from John last night, awesome, awesome. Uh, being here is my pleasure, what is up Lynn, how are you doing, nice background image, yeah, thank you guys. We're going to be talking about Christ's infinite well today, and that's, you know, if you guys can see that behind me, 
it's beautiful beautiful artwork um i make all this artwork if you guys like it i do it with uh, ai technology and i work really hard to craft and create these really unique images uh sometimes i have to go through hundreds of images to find really what i want and and teach the ai to get what i want but i put them all on shirts everything's available on my website at www.cubcooker.com c-u-b-k-u-k-e-r.com so if you're looking for any of the resources i talk about during the show today that's where you can go so getting into john chapter 3 verse 22 we're reading from the world english bible i'm a big fan of that one uh because it, it resembles the greek a lot closer than anything else so um now if you don't know about the greek septuagint um that's going to be like the closest that we have to um you know the true meaning of this in my opinion other people will argue with me on that but um we have to remember the new testament is written from a bunch of different sources and it's all kind of mashed together and there's a lot of effort to tie it to like the old scriptures um and then when you really start to understand like how long it took to put some of this in writing and that the original writings really didn't survive so it was oral tradition that survived even after things were written down the first time and then we put everything together you know either decades or even centuries later after the time of Christ um then we really end up with um some interesting things in the gospels and i'm going to show you guys some some things that um sound like maybe they're you know trying to prove a point and then we're going to look at the words of Christ. I think that the red letters are uh, very well preserved as far as like what he actually said. And then you have a lot of context around that, that, you know, other people would have said, other people may have tied conclusions to, uh, you got to think about, I mean, 2000 plus years of these documents being handed around, used for different purposes, different institutions holding them, and so that's how I read this, guys. I don't read the Bible as the infallible Word of God because, by the way, I think the infallible Word of God is within you and me, okay? I believe it's within you and me, not within uh, some sort of text that has been chopped up, edited, re-edited, retranslated uh, for years and years and years, literally thousands of years. So that's how I approach this. Uh, if you vibe with that, welcome. If you don't, stick around because I think that some really cool stuff comes out of, of taking this approach to reading it. So, um, verse 22 in chapter three of John in the world English Bible. After these things, Jesus came with his disciples to the land of Judea. He stayed there with them and baptized. John was also baptizing in Enon near Siloam because there was so much water there. They came and were baptized. For John was not yet thrown into prison. Therefore, a dispute arose on the part of John's disciples. Now, remember, John had disciples, too. He had followers. Uh, with some Jews about purification. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he baptizes and everyone is going to him. Um so it's kind of like, hey, you know, he's stealing all your all your uh, baptese, if you will, all your baptese. Um, John answered, a man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from heaven. You yourself testify that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. 
he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend, uh, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and bear and hears him, bleh, if I can talk this morning, and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore I made full. Therefore it is made full. Um, he must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is all. He who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. What he has seen and heard and what he testifies and no one receives his witness. Uh, this is very confusing, by the way. Uh, the way, so <laughs> the words of Christ make a lot of sense when you just read them kind of alone. They kind of flow and they make sense. And this other stuff around it, like you guys might notice that it just starts to like, it seems very formalized in how it's like presented as far as like making, trying to make all these connections and prove the points. That's where, and that's just my observation. You may not see it, but even as I stumble through this, it just doesn't connect as clearly as, as the red letters or the words of Christ. Um, and we have to remember that like a lot of the stuff that was written down, like if you go through the gospel of Thomas, um, it's literally just fragments and phrases that he would have said, there's no context around it. And so while I think context is important, a lot of the context that we have, even within the new Testament around the words of Christ, the language doesn't seem to flow quite the same as what Christ said. That's just my observation. Um, so uh, Stryker says, what a bunch of Huey, uh, possibly again, this is my interpretation and in Stryker. I don't see that you are on live right now, uh, doing your own version of this. So, you know, this is your opportunity, brother. Um, very few people are up here doing what I'm doing every Sunday. And in, in fact, every day, twice a day. So, um, I'm just pulling from the downloads that God gives me the readings that I go through with this and my understanding of it. So, um, with that said, I hope my microphone's on here. Uh, with that said, uh, yeah, you don't have to agree with me, but, um, you can read it for yourself and it definitely, um, uh, if you go and, and, and actually look into the history of how our, our biblical canon came, came to be, then you're going to understand a lot more about what I'm talking about because, and this is not against anyone. I don't care if you're Christian, Jewish, Muslim, agnostic, atheist, uh, Hindu, Zoroastrian. I don't care what you are. This is an all-inclusive community, and I'm just giving my version of all of this. Um, and I know that this is like a hot topic when you start getting into the whole Jesus narrative, um, which is why I more stay with like the universal Christ, because uh, for me, that's a lot more fluid. And that's what I experience every day, by the way. You get into debating the person of Jesus and the timelines and the literal literal things within that uh you get a lot of a lot of opinions and stuff coming out so uh robin says god gives you downloads question mark yeah absolutely robin um you know that's one of the things we're speaking of in our mythos group right now uh if you don't know about our mythos group that's the supporter community that allows me to continue doing this every day i do this full time um, and so it's a $9 a month membership. It's a bunch of incredible people. We've got a bunch of them watching today, uh, that just support what I'm doing at nine bucks a month. We've got a private group on Facebook. Uh, there's a private YouTube channel there with a bunch of my other teachings that are not publicly released. 
Um, and then we get in on the call every weekend, every single weekend. Uh, we get to, to literally face-to-face the whole community on a live stream call, go through what's going on in our lives. We had one yesterday, and it was absolutely incredible. Such a tight community, and it is, it is so awesome. Like You guys are incredible that are in that community. Thank you for allowing me to do what I'm doing. If you're interested in joining that, it is on my website. Do not feel obligated to do that, but if you just totally resonate with what I'm doing, you want to go deeper with me, uh, that's how I continue to do this, through the Mythos Supporter Membership. It's kind of like a Patreon-type thing. Um, it's just built through my website, and then um, an email will go out to you and give you all the information on how to get into the group and everything. So, um, But with that said, we were talking yesterday about spiritual gifts. That's kind of the theme of what we're talking about over in that group right now. Um, is how do you how do you tap into your spiritual gifts? How do you find that flow in your life of like what God's called you to do, what source, what creator has called you to do, um, and really how you can help others with that and really just expand your life from that source of that spiritual gift? Uh, because that's really when your life starts to take on all that meaning is like when you you really activate on like okay, this is why I'm on this planet right now. Uh, why did I choose to come? in this timeline now, why did God put me here now? You know, and once you start tapping into that, it's just like a whole nother level of unlocking this reality for you. Um, which is really, really cool. So, uh, Melissa says I tapped into mine last night. Yeah, absolutely. Melissa, uh, and Melissa, be sure and drop a video in the mythos group. I'd love to hear your experience with that. Uh, that's the best way to communicate. You know, you guys that have all these downloads and stuff, um, drop them over in there. Um, I love, love going through those and hearing what's going on with you guys. Um, so as far as like downloads that God gives me, that's kind of one of my gifts is, uh, I posted in that group last night, all nine spiritual gifts. Now there's more and there's variations of them, but those are kind of the core ones that are in Corinthians. Um, and I went through and looked at the actual Greek and all those gifts. And I'm telling you guys, a lot of those gifts are not what you've been told. Not in a conspiratorial way. I'm just saying there's a lot of misunderstanding about what those gifts are. And if you go into the Greek and actually look at what the Greek words are, did you know, for instance, one of the spiritual gifts is gnosis? Uh, now, we translate that into knowledge, and you may hear from a pulpit or like, you know, a Bible group or something that, you know, knowledge is is one of the spiritual gifts. And while that's true, we don't really understand what that word knowledge means today. The word gnosis or noseos is actually the Greek word there. Um, and it's the alchemy of knowledge and wisdom. It's actually the wisdom of knowledge. And that's like, that's a whole nother level of like you guys that have the, and that's where I say like, so that's part of one of my gifts are also part of one of my gifts is in the prophetic. And that is not like me telling you, you're going to be this or you're going to, this is going to happen. That's not what, if you look up the word uh, prophetic in the Greek, um, it is the deciphering of information, the uh, revelation of a revealed truth or the relaying of a revealed truth, or as I call it, a download. As I'm flowing through stuff here and I'm in that flow state, I quieted my mind. I'm not worried about people judging me in here. I'm just, I'm in this kind of state of doing what I do best, which is flow on things, talk spin on ideas, share what's going on. We go into uh, the biblical text. We go into a lot of other different spiritual texts, and I just let let source speak through me. Um, yeah, Missy, absolutely. Discernment is another one. Um, 
And I think that is yours, uh, Missy. Um, but man, like it's so good guys. And once you start to figure out what your is, what yours is, and unfortunately a lot of churches don't teach around this or even do workshops or anything to, to really try to help empower people around what their gifts are. And that's one of the really, really deep things we're working on right now within the mythos community. Um, just kind of a sidetrack there, but, but that was a good question on like, Oh, God gives you downloads. So I'm not like claiming anything. I'm just trying to step into my power, into what God has actually empowered me with. So, uh, the wisdom of knowledge that is gnosis cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Dolly, uh, uh, making sure I get your name right. Yeah. It, it's like, um, gnosis is amazing guys. And again, that, that word has been really, you know, convoluted too over the years, uh, and it really is just a simple thing of like, hey, you get it. Like, I not only do I have the knowledge of it, but like I have the gnosis of the knowledge. I have the wisdom of the knowledge of it. Um, and I'm not claiming that I do on everything. Like, I'm certainly not claiming that. I'm just like, you guys have gifts that you're not activating on. And I really, that's one of my missions as a light worker. Because um, that's what I call myself. I'm a light worker. Again, this is not a religious channel or or a Christian channel, or like a, a New Age channel, or anything like that. This is a light worker channel. I'm here to do the light work with you guys, and, and we get to explore a lot of cool concepts around that. So, um, I saw through a wall last night. Awesome, Melissa. Awesome. Um, let's see. Missy says thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, continuing in, in this, like I just want you guys to really understand what's happening here as you read through the Gospels. And this is how we take an esoteric look of it. Like, what is John saying here? Okay. This is an unpopular opinion, but this is my opinion. Whatever John's saying here is John's opinion or the opinion of someone who took the oral tradition and then put words in John's mouth. I'm just going to say it because can God preserve the qualities that are within the scripture? Absolutely. And that's why I believe that the red letters are absolutely beautiful. I believe that they are very well preserved and very full of truth. But oftentimes when we read those, they maybe don't agree or they kind of like don't quite perfectly fit with the narrative going on around it. And when we try to make them fit, we end up with some problems. And that's why I love reading the red letters like alone. I'll just go through and read all of those. And then you really start to get the philosophy, the depth, the understanding of what Christ was actually teaching. Again, it is important to understand the context of what was going on during the time. But once you get that and then you start going through and just reading the red letters, that's when this like esoteric understanding takes hold. Esoteric means hidden or underneath, okay? Uh, that doesn't mean voodoo. That doesn't mean, you know, uh, anything weird like that. That just means underneath or hidden, okay? It's like peeling back the onion. Like, what does everyone see in it? Now let's look underneath and let's just dig a little deeper and try to see what's really being said here. And that's what I love about the esoteric reading. So to finish that, um, he who comes from above is above all. He who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. What he has seen and heard and what he testifies and no one receives his witness. He who received his witness has set his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, and God gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. 
One who believes in the Son has eternal life, but one who disobeys the Son won't see the life, but the wrath of God remains on him. This is where I... Um, okay, so the footnote here uh, says the same word can be translated disobeys or disbelieves in this context. So that's another important thing as we get into what's called etymology, the study of words, and you start to understand where, where these words come from and that all translations are not created equal. Like you read the King James, it's different than the NIV, it's different than the Christian Standard Bible, it's different than... Uh, the message way different than the message. The message is like a basically uh, somebody's interpretation of all of this, and they're expounding upon different things. A lot of people like to read the Amplified Bible. I don't really like that because I just think that it's too much assumptions put in it. Um, again, I like the Septuagint. I like to look at the Strong's Concordance on Bible Hub. And just read through one verse at a time, really plug away at what does this mean. I obviously don't have time to do that on this show every day, but some core verses I get to go in and look at that. Uh, here's another thing here too, like we see that Christ is always calling himself the Son of Man. Here John is calling him the Son of God, or the Father loves the Son. But as Christ actually speaks it in in the red letters, he's saying the Son of Man. And if you look at that, it is the son of man or humanity, okay? So he's really saying that children of humanity or the child of humanity or the son of humanity or sons and daughters of humanity. By extension, I believe he's wrapping us all into that. So every time he's saying the son of man, he's also including us in that statement. That's my opinion and my reading on it, but I think there's a lot of weight to that. I think there's a lot of truth to that. There has been in my life, and the deeper I understand that, that he wasn't here. You know, he always is like, Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And you got to understand, they were desperately, if you watch The Chosen, they were desperately looking for a Savior, a Messiah, someone to come and take away all the hardships, someone to bring a kingdom of heaven down to earth so that they could leave the existence and the control and all of the problems that they had. And you've got this man, Christ, that he's, you know, well, he was the Christ. Uh, but you have this man, Isa, uh, or Yeshua, as some people call him, or Jesus, as some people call him. And he's, he's bringing an esoteric revelation. He's bringing an inward, a, a within kingdom of God. It is within you and me. And that was so hard for people to understand and for them to take in. And there was so much misunderstanding around it. There's still so much misunderstanding around it. And then even within this canon that we have within the Synoptic Gospels and the New Testament, there's still, I believe, this is just my opinion, I still believe there's a misunderstanding even in those words about who he was. Um, do I believe he was the Son of God? Absolutely. Do I believe you're the Son of God? Absolutely. Do I believe you're the daughter of God? Absolutely. That's where I differ from other people. I'm not taking away his divinity, but I'm also not taking away yours. And when you really start to spin on what I'm talking about and get into like the depth of, again, just the red letters, if you just go through and read one of the Gospels and just the red letters, you're going to get a whole different, 
whole different understanding. And it will challenge what you think you know about the life of Christ. And that's what I love, love, love about what I do is because I get to really get deep into this. And again, the wrath of God remains on him. Jesus is not speaking of the wrath of God, but John is here. And we, we mistakenly attribute this wrath of God line to, oh, well, Jesus said that because he speaks in the next chapter or he just spoke, you know, a few verses before. But we don't understand. It's like if you're at a party with a friend and a friend says something or even a friend says something about you, does that make it gospel truth? Or is it what you actually, is it your internal truth, who you are and what you say about you and how you represent yourself? You can't control other people's perceptions of you any more than Jesus could control John's perception of him or Paul's or Timothy or, you know, any of any of our, our New Testament heroes, as we call them. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Uh, season three has two episodes right now. They're at the movie theater. Uh, Temple asks about The Chosen. Uh, the Chosen is really good. Now, some of the theology I already see is some of your church theology, um, which I, I'm not here to have a problem with. That's not what I'm doing this for, um, because I have a lot of it as well. So, but as I kind of deconstruct and like look into what Jesus was really talking about, I get a bit of a different different understanding. Um, and you guys that watch this a lot, you know that I'm what is considered a Marcionite, okay? Uh, Marcion of Panope was a guy that was a contemporary of Paul. He wrote one of the first, like, Bibles and had a bunch of the context, and we don't, it didn't survive. We don't have it. Um, but the, the history of it is he walked around with one of the first Bibles um, and around the time of Christ. So, you know, just a couple of decades after Christ, uh, maybe even very close to Christ. We don't know exactly, but he believed that Jesus was bringing a new God and that he was not corroborating or claiming to be the son of the God in the old Testament, that Yahweh figure, um, the, all of the stuff going on in there. So I believe that I, and, and I'm not telling you, you have to believe, but I am telling you, you can watch my Yalda Bayoth video series. It's on my YouTube channel and it will at the very least challenge your belief systems for you to think about what angle is Jesus saying these words. And we're about to see in this chapter four, I've given a very long intro here and I want to really get in and just read this because there's some deep understanding in this when we approach it from that Marcionite point of view of Jesus is not, he didn't come to destroy or take away or anything, the old prophets or the old law, but he came to fulfill it and challenge it. And I think that there's some really real depth in that. And unfortunately we focus so much on Jesus fulfilling the old law. And we assume that because he fulfilled it, he was corroborating it because it was his father's law when that's not really what's going on here. It was, it was a shadow law that was a pale comparison to the law of creation, love, light, unity, forgiveness, restoration, the, the esoteric, the kingdom of God within that Christ actually spoke. And that's where I'm a lot, lot, lot different than your average spirituality or faith teacher, mentor, YouTuber, whatever you want to call me online. 
is because I, I see that he brought a standalone universal message fulfilling every everything with what I'm calling the extraterrestrial gods, whether you believe they were actual alien entities on the earth or not, they have a lot more in common with extraterrestrial entities coming down in ships using technology. Even the Ark of the Covenant had, you know, electric properties that would unalive people. They were, if you read about the clothing, it's all insulated so that the priests wouldn't be unalived when they touched the Ark. Like you can just look at it and you're like, oh, I get it. This is like a capacitor. It's a giant capacitor holding energy. Um, and then the voice of God is coming through it. So it's obviously channeling some entities physical voice through it. I mean, th this is all in the Old Testament. I'm not making it up. It's it's there and you can look at it. And when you start to really think about it, especially if you're going to take it literally the way they did, then it starts to change how you understand all this. So uh, do I feel that there's more than one Jesus or Christ? I, okay, that's a great question, Gina. I believe that Christ, the Christ, has entered the matrix over and over and over and over and over. And we've got this one beautiful story, this beautiful timeline laid out. But if you really look in the history of it, yes, there's some data to suggest that Jesus Christ walked in that time. But there's also data to suggest that if this person really walked in that time, where, where's the other evidence? Um, there's some data to suggest that this is a story recycled from Egyptian mythology, retold in kind of that cradle of civilization area. As I've talked about, the pantheons of gods from the Canaanite and the Babylonian and the Sumerian texts, um, you've got El, Elyon, God Most High. He's the top of the pantheon. He's married to Asherah. They bear together a whole pantheon of lower gods. And then you've got the whole story of Christ because it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things were created through the word. You know that part. If you look at what the word is there, it's not talking about your Bible. It's not talking about the written or the spoken word. It's talking about the esoteric word, the logos. It's like building blocks. It comes from the word lego actually, the Greek word Lego. Um, it is the divine expression or computation. And to really deeply understand that, especially within an esoteric or mystery school light, is the unity of the divine feminine and the divine masculine together bearing the Logos or the divine expression, which is the Christ, which was it within Christ himself as he walked. Whatever timeline you buy, there's there's debates. There's so many debates, guys. And I don't that's why I don't even try to look at this literally. Because if it happened literally in the timeline they say it does, great. If it didn't, great. It, you know, it doesn't matter to me because the universal truth of the Christ energy, the Christ consciousness, the fact that I believe he called all of us sons and daughters of God, he was talking about himself as the son of man, which can be translated into humanity. Like it's all there and it's a process that we go through as we ascend and we crucify the flesh, the lower desires, which are ruled by the old law, the Yahweh. And we raise in our chakras up to, this is the seat of Christ, the heart chakra. 
And once he sits on the throne here, then your lower chakras are now justified in working in tandem with your higher chakras where you can go to the throne of God, which is some people say the third eye, but there's also a crown chakra that's actually above your head. And it's almost like an antenna where you're connecting into an intelligence and you're downloading directly from the father because you are a child of the most high God. Jacob's ladder. Absolutely. He wrestled with an angel of Yahweh and then his eyes were open and he sees the angels going up and down the ladder, which can be a representation of the genetics, the DNA. He said, I will call this place pineal, pineal the pineal gland, the third eye. Okay, guys, this all ties together, and this is not just hippie woo-woo of trying to tie stuff together. We, again, miss a lot when we try to take the text so literally that all we're doing is debating timelines when we're 2,000 years removed from the proposed timeline. And the whole point, I believe, if God were to actually send a son, send his son, the incarnation of God on the earth, I don't believe that the message was literal 2,000 years later. I believe it was esoteric. It was the understanding, the teachings, the path. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What does that mean? Well, he's not physically here now. So how do you go to the Father? Through the Christ consciousness, through ascension, the ascension process. We're breaking the reincarnation cycle by ascending, fulfilling our purpose. Then we can go be one with the Father as Christ is one with the Father, choose to come back and be an enlightener of humanity if we desire uh, or continue to be in a whole nother realm by the way jesus said my kingdom is not of this world he didn't just say world if you look up the greek word it's cosmos k-o-s-m-o-s cosmeo which means the cosmetic makeup of the universe okay even in the book of enoch one of the sins of the watchers was teaching humanity how to paint their face to make up, to cover up what was truth underneath. This is where we get into the esoteric reading, guys. You see, like I'm the downloads are coming right now. So, I'll go to a dog planet, please. Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, or sister. I can't tell. The profile picture is small. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm a big dog fan, so. I want to come back as my dog. You know, because I take such good care of them. They're so spoiled. Well, let's read John 4. That's a, that's enough setup. I'm going to go ahead and burn through John 4 here, and then we'll just talk about what it means or what I believe it really means here. Um, John 4, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself didn't baptize, but his disciples did, uh, he left Judea and departed into Galilee. He needed to pass through Samaria, so he came to the city of Samaria um, called Sychar. It's hard to read. I got all these lights, and I have new glasses, so bear with me. I'm, it's like it's coming in and out of focus. Um, near the parcel of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. That is a key in this, by the way. Okay, these are the old fathers of the faith here. So think about that. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being tired from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. 
The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink, a Samaritan woman? Um, and that's because they, you know, they did not talk to each other. You had a lot of these traditions and dare I say, um, I don't, I don't know what to call it that where, where I don't get flagged on this, but deep, deep prejudices about other cultures, other peoples, uh, things that we definitely don't stand for in our modern time. Thank God. Um, they just didn't even talk to each other. They wouldn't be drinking from the same well. Um, and so Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Okay, so we've got a prejudice going on here. They're both sitting at the well. This is Jacob's well, by the way. And Jesus says to her, hey, if you knew who you were really talking to. And you can take that, hey, if you knew you were talking to the Son of God. Or you can take it this way, too. And I think both are relevant. Like, hey, you don't know my character. If you knew who you were talking to and the love that I have for you, then you would say, give me a drink. And you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So to me, that's that's another, yeah, wow, boom. It's another, nice vibes, absolutely, thank you. Uh, and just another way to read it. And I think that the, the, the initiated person, not the indoctrinated person, the initiated person into the mysteries of faith, spirituality, and paranormal giftings, experiences, and life, which is beyond the physical realm that we can see with our own two eyes, that require activations of chakras, higher self, deeper understanding, willingness to go home, sell it all, and follow him, right? Okay? That's where these understandings come from. And the person that really is initiated into, I, this is all that matters, God. This is all that matters, Father, Source, Universe, Creator. I, I need to understand this. I want to understand this. You guys that are still watching right now, that's you. You guys that are in the mythos group, that is definitely you. You guys are doing so much of the work every day. You guys are posting in the group. Everybody's having their own revelations and their own downloads, stepping into their own power. And that mythos community, while it is a support community for what I do, it's just wild to see what God's doing deeper in that community. And it's not me. It's it's the people in the group. It's the the energy of the group. And just kind of aligning with the mission of this whole thing. And I love you guys. I love you all. Whether you're just watching here, you're part of the Mythos group. If, you, if you're not a part of the Mythos group and you're here at this point in the broadcast, highly recommend consider joining. It helps me continue doing this. But you also get to go deeper down the rabbit hole with us. You also get to know that you're supporting this message further. Um, and you get to meet an incredible community. An incredible community. By the way, I have a free group if you want to join the free group. But I can guarantee you there's something weird about the people that are supporting what I'm doing. They value this so highly. There's a lot better interaction going on in that group and a lot less people than in the public group. That's not me. That's just the just, just how it works. There's a lot of free groups out there. Yeah, the link is over there. You guys know where to go. Um, I've only got one place to find it. It's on all of my profiles. 
You can find all my socials at my website or just type in cub, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com, cubcooker.com. And it'll, it'll forward you over to my stand store. And that's the only, there's the only two URLs. The first one will forward you. The stand store is directly in the profile there. So, um, and by the way, I'm going to do my best on all of these to really minimize monetization on things like YouTube, uh, stuff like that, because we've been getting hit with so many ads and some people have reported like every three or four minutes, there's an ad and I don't want to do that. I've got to be able to make a living at this and continue to grow because I want to get a studio and an assistant and really just continue what we're doing here. Just hold a whole nother level. So I've got to be monetized in some form or fashion, but I really don't like how they're doing the ads and just plowing the ads through at the worst possible places. So I started placing ads every 10 minutes manually. And the more support we get from my actual products, my actual website, the less ads I'm going to have to put on there. So the more support I get, I really want to strip it down to where there's maybe an ad at the beginning and the end rather than, you know, all throughout. So I'm going to try to take more ad breaks myself for my own stuff. And that's not to be a salesman here. That's just, I want to create a better experience with what we're doing. And I hate when, you know, a commercial for car insurance comes on during the middle of this great moment or something. So uh, you guys may notice on some of the older videos, they're heavily monetized, but the more support we get through our actual link, the more I can turn those off and say, bye-bye. And I can only align with advertisers or something that are really helping what we're doing here. So um, this is where it gets deep, guys. Okay, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Okay, think about that. This is Jacob's well, the old prophets, the old fathers of the faith. Okay, not that Jacob was a prophet, but he was a father of the faith. And the woman's like, you don't have anything to draw with. You don't have the tools needed to get water out of this well, this well of the old law, this well of the old God, this well of the old. Like, think about that. She says it is deep. Okay, it's a deep well. You, you got to go way down the rabbit hole, way down the well before you even get to the good water. Because there's so much stuff in the way. So where do I get that living water, she asks. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it, fr drank from it himself as, does, as did his children and his livestock? That's important. Why did his livestock drink from it? Why is this important? The sacrifices that the old God required. I'm just here to tell you, I don't believe for a second that Jesus was a sacrifice to his father. I have never believed that. I've never jived with that. I never thought that that made any sense. And I've never understood how a loving father that Christ speaks of would require him as a sacrifice to return people to him. But I do get it when we understand that the old gods, they love their sacrifices from all manner of creation. And even the cattle that were sacrificed drank from this well. 
And so she's saying, like, you don't understand. You got to go way down. You don't have the tools you need. You don't have what it takes to get the water out of this well. And here's Jesus. He's about to just mic drop moment here. Jesus answered and said, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. Let that sink in. Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. And the word eternal there means perpetual, okay? Perpetual, cyclical, over and over and over. A continuation of life. Uh, uh, within, with intent candles, great name, by the way, says link is an opening, uh, which link is an opening? Is it the cubcooker.com or the stand store or the one in the bio? You let me know and I'll make sure, uh, it's working on my end. It may be, you have to like, I don't know, it may be a TikTok thing. I don't know what's up, but let me know what, let me know and I'll make sure, uh, you get it you get with the a link that works so um yeah okay lots of mind blowings lots of strength yeah absolutely lots of truth okay you guys see what he's saying here that's where i really start to see that he is this this yahweh of the old testament is not the father that he's talking about i mean he's literally saying if you drink from that well you're gonna get thirsty again and the woman by the way is is doing exactly what all the old fathers of the faith did which was they're trying to appease and then there's more rules set up and it's just this this deep well of rules and systems and you got jesus saying like no everyone who drinks of this water is going to thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that i give him will never thirst again but the water that i give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life you guys know the word overflow, right? You hear that in all the spiritual communities. Oh, manifest overflow. God gives us overflow, blah, blah, blah. You even know what that means? That means the source of life is pouring through you so much that you can't turn it off. It doesn't mean someone's filling up your cup till it runs over. It means that you literally have a fire hose turned on from source and it is emanating through you. Okay, that's what Jesus is talking about here. And we in our little minds think about he's filling up our cup until it just it overflows. And then what's the point? Because then it's just spilling out and it's all over you. Now he's talking about this connection and it's emanating. What's happening through this channel right now? How many people are we feeding? How many people are we empowering? How many people are we loving truly through this message? That's what he's talking about here. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I don't get thirsty, neither come all the way, neither will I have to come all the way here to draw it. And again, she's thinking, she's thinking with her brain, thinking with her carnal mind, her flesh, like, okay, great. I don't want to have to work anymore. Give me this so that I, I can just continue on and, and not be thirsty. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you said, well, I have no husband, for you had five husbands. And he whom you now have is not your husband. 
this you have said truly okay jesus is obsessed with this like source and this authenticity okay the woman said to him sir i perceive that you are a prophet our fathers worshiped in this mountain and you jews say that in jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship jesus said to her woman believe me the hour comes when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Your worship, you worship that which you don't know. We worship that which we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour comes, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So I'm going to break this down in the nicest way possible. He said, woman, believe me, the hour comes when neither in this mountain. Okay, one of the things with the mountains is the gods came down on the mountains. You read any mythology, any ancient spiritual tradition, not spiritual, but religious tradition that have gods that come down. It's always on the mountains, okay? You got Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, Mount um, uh, Mount Hermon, where the watchers came down, Mount Yengo in the Aboriginal culture. There's mountains all over uh, the mountains in, in Tibet and Nepal. There's um, a mountain range in Montana that um, the gods came down on, uh, specifically the Native American, different types of gods. Uh, people called them the shiny ones. Yahweh came down in fire and smoke, like he's descending and there's a displacement of atmosphere around it. Um, Moses stood with him as a man stands with another man, but Jesus says no man has stood before the Father except the one who comes from him. You guys get where I'm going with this, okay? He's saying, you're not going to worship the gods in the mountains. And I'm going to go ahead and put the gods in there because they really did believe in that, but we've stripped all that out in the uh, tradition of monotheism. Because, because Yahweh said you should have no other gods before me. Um, and we've really taken that and stripped out all of that understanding and mythology. So he's saying you're not going to worship in the mountains and you're not going to worship in Jerusalem. Okay, Jerusalem to the Jews was where the seat of God was going to be. And to these other traditions... He's with a Sumerian woman. They had God or the gods that were coming down in the mountains. They're worshiping in the mountain. Uh, and I believe there's some legitimacy to this. Even to this day, you know, these remote and higher mountains, there's very mystical experiences. There's definitely extraterrestrial, uh, lots of Sasquatch type things. And, and a lot of times those Sasquatch are associated with the extraterrestrial or lights in the sky, like weird stuff, guys. And you got to understand if you're, so maybe you're an ancient people and you're actually going up the mountain in a ritualistic way. You're expecting, you're hoping, you're praying, you're trying to connect with this God. You're going to have a lot more of a connected experience with this God, whatever it is, a shiny one, an ET, uh, whatever. You know, why does it not happen more today? Well, because we, we just live in our own worlds. We're just so wrapped up in our own stuff even when you go into the mountains, you're not looking to meet God or a God. 
you're just looking to release all the stress from your crappy job, right? Like, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer has a whole program called the CE5 program, Close Encounter of the Fifth Kind. Uh, there's a whole app you can get on your phone. You can go out and meditate with these groups. Meditate. You just have like an open heart, love, and these things will communicate with you. Like they've got tens of thousands of stories like this. And I've never done it. It's not necessarily something I plan on doing. I'm just saying different people had different intentions back then. And, and they would have experienced things. And, and the Jews specifically would have believed that, you know, God is going to manifest himself right here in Jerusalem. And we're all going to be saved out of this oppression, you know, physically. Um, so here's where it gets deep. He's saying you worship that which you don't know. So they're worshiping things that they don't know. But Jesus is saying we worship that which we know for salvation is from the Jews. So what's the significance of that? What is salvation? Salvation is from the Jews because it's almost like they kind of originated this idea that like we need to be saved. This is just my understanding on it. You may have another one. There's Zelda scratching behind me. Um, but I don't necessarily believe that he's saying here that, oh, salvation is only from my people. You know, you stupid woman. Like, I don't think that that's what he's saying here. I think he's saying like, oh, but we worship that which we know. For salvation is from is from the Jews. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers, like he's kind of comparing contrasting the two different cultures and then saying, oh, but by the way, the time is coming when true worshipers, worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father seeks such to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship must worship him in spirit and in truth. Then the woman said to him, I know the, that I know that Messiah comes, he who is called Christ. When he has come, he will declare to us all things. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who speaks to you. Okay, interesting, interesting point here. She's saying, hey, when the Messiah comes, he is called Christ. And we automatically translate this verse into him saying, I'm the Christ, but he just says, I am he, the one who speaks to you. Like very cryptic, very cryptic. Like this doesn't say I am the Christ. And I'm not saying that he wasn't claiming that. I'm just saying, look at what it says. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who speaks to you. Definitely something to think about. Definitely something to read through this text on your own. At this, his disciples came. They marveled that he was even speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, what are you looking for? Or why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pot and went away into the city and said to the people, come and see a man who told everything that I did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the city and were coming to him. In the meanwhile, the disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples therefore said to one another, Has he brought something to eat? They're like, "What? He, he made a sack lunch and we don't know about it. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. 
don't you say there are yet four months until the harvest behold i tell you lift up your eyes and look at the fields that they are white for harvest already they that you know the grain would have the white heads popping out of them he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit to eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together for in this the saying is true one sows and another reaps i sent you to reap that which you haven't labored others have labored and you have entered into their labor and that's another one that gets deep there i wanted to end with that um and i'll start with verse 34 next week next sunday and and we'll break that down and move into when they go into galilee um I don't pretend to know what every word in all of this means, guys. But I just do my best to let God speak through me. Try to create a great experience for our viewers here and everybody who's seeking deeply. The Gospel of Thomas says those that seek will find. Those who find will be disturbed. Those who are disturbed will then marvel. And those who marvel will reign over all. So. I want to reign over all. Oh, you want to be a powerful blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I want to finally take authority in my life for my gifts, for my own spiritual ascension, for my choice to love others, for my experience of reality. I want to help create reality for myself and others. I want to have authority and step into my power. And that comes from God. That comes from things which we speak of things which we know, okay? Which we know deep in our core, like we're connected to it. We're not trying to create a doctrine or a dogma to try and follow or a system or a process. We're just speaking deeply and truly from our inner self. Absolutely, for inner peace too. They will be disturbed. Yeah, you got to be disturbed. Like this is disturbing when you start to strip away all the things that you think you know and you've been told and that have been programmed in and written down and all of this stuff. And you start to really look at like, what is this guy saying? What is this guy saying? Whether you view him as savior, you view him as uh, an enlightener, a yogi, a guru, you view him as purely an esoteric mythological understanding of the higher self. Uh, I don't care. I'm not here to tell you one way or another. But I think there's something really powerful in what he taught. Or what is taught through the Christ. The hour comes when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship that which you don't know. We worship that which we know. The hour comes and now is. The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So, that's the message for today. If you didn't get to hear it, we have a bunch that just joined. Um, yeah, absolutely, Don Star. I've been collaborating with Joshua from Sons of God Ministries every Wednesday night. We're collaborating right now through December. Uh, so, thank you, Don. Y'all go check out Josh's. It's like one of Josh's missions to like really reveal this whole Old Testament God versus what Christ spoke of. Um 
I do a little bit of that, but I'm more on the light work side, the mysticism side, the esoteric side. Um, so I'm definitely, I do some of that, but he has like a really deep, even theological understanding of all of this. And so go check him out. But it's not really like my mission to like expose the God of the Old Testament or anything like this or expose Satan or whatever. It's just my mission to bring light. And if I can bring light into your life and help you shed light on some of uh, the the things that you believe that maybe aren't serving you, the things that uh, you're doing that maybe aren't serving you, uh, some of the inner power that you have that maybe you haven't activated, like I want to just bring light to that. Uh, it's at Sons of God Ministries is Joshua's channel. Um, and he's got some great... Uh, great stuff. He's on TikTok, YouTube. You can go watch under, I, I literally have a collaboration playlist on my YouTube channel with all the videos Josh and I have done so far. I think we've done four so far and we've got another two in December and it looks like we're probably going to, we've kind of talked about it, maybe even going and continuing Wednesday nights for a while. It seems like people really enjoy it and I love, love talking with Joshua. He's definitely a brother in all of this. Um, Again, our works are different. He's got a different focus on his than I do, but we, we have a lot of agreements that work really well together, and we're kind of this perfect yin and yang thing where um, you know, we, we increase each other where we need it. And so it's really, really cool. But uh, go check him out. Uh, I'm not trying to just plug him on here, but somebody mentioned him. And um, you know, if you guys really want to understand more of what I'm talking about, about the father that Christ is speaking of and the God of the old Testament go check out Joshua. Cause he's got all the data, all the stuffs. Um, and I've got some of it on my y'all the Bayoth series, but we talk about, uh, I believe in spirituality. Absolutely. Uh, Catholic, um, uh, is it Catholic? I can't see. Oh, cathodic. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a big, uh, big into spirituality, mysticism, um, light work. That's really my main mission. Um, and we read a lot of different texts. We don't just read the Bible, but we do read a lot of the Bible because I think it's very important to include that in this broader understanding of more of a universal, the universal Christ is really what I try to bring. So, um, anyway, yeah, M Missy, thank you very much. Um, I hope that helps. I hope you guys have an awesome day. Uh, think deeply about this. What's the well? What is this well of the old fathers of the faith? And what is this well that Christ is talking about? This infinite well, this infinite flow, okay? You guys, I, I got people tell me all the time, how do you do what you're doing? You're doing two podcasts a day. You got all the videos coming out. You got the private group. You got the public group. You got all the podcasts and the YouTube, how do you do it? And, and, and the answer is flow. The answer is this well, okay? You may not agree with me. You may say Christ is not in me. You may whatever, like, oh, he's, he's, he's woo-woo. He's um, new age. He's whatever. Oh, he's not, he's not biblically sound. You know, say whatever you want. That's fine. But I'm telling you, I could not do this if it did not come from my father, if it did not come from source, from creator, from the divine mind of God, flowing through me. I could not keep up this pace. I could not do what I'm doing. 
and and that's that's all I can say about that is I truly believe this is coming from source so I'm just trying to be a vessel to pour through allow my voice my mannerisms my quirkiness to be a medium on which this universal truth can be painted so Micah what's up my friend Micah says amen Annie what's up Annie Y'all are flip-flopping on me. I got my normal TikTokers on Facebook, and I got my normal Facebookers on TikTok. So I don't know. I don't know where to look for who now. But anyway, um, thank you guys for being here. I love you. I hope you have an awesome, awesome day. Consider joining the Mythos group if you just want to go deep on all of this with us. Um, we've got uh, the Saturday calls which are incredible. You can ask anyone in the group. We just had a fantastic meeting of the minds and hearts yesterday. And it's less about me teaching and more about just facilitating a group conversation around what's going on in our lives. So every weekend, every Saturday, we do a group live call for about an hour, hour and a half. Um, and then I'm uploading even today a bunch more videos to the private YouTube channel there uh, for those of you that choose to support what I'm doing. So thank you guys. I love you. Have an awesome day. Thank you for the support. Share this with a friend or family member if you think that this this has some weight, this has some relevancy in our in our modern world today as far as trying to decode and and understand what the message of Christ was and what all the spirituality stuff is around it. Um so anyway, if I don't have any more questions, um yeah, Annie says the call was beautiful. Absolutely. So anyway, much love. Y'all be be safe. Be peace to others. Love others. That's a big core of my message, guys, is we may not always agree, but the one thing we can agree on is love. I saw somebody post yesterday that God is love, but love is not God. And I just, I don't know that I agree with that. Because I think that when you truly step into love, that vibration, that's when Christ seats on your heart. By the way, you don't have to be Christian for that. You can be anything. Because that universal entity, that, that energy, that spirit, that whatever you want to call it, that consciousness sits on your heart and unlocks you to the true Father. And it's all in love. It's all in the frequency of love. And that's what I teach. That's what I preach. And that's what I desperately, every day, strive to step into in my life. So be careful who you listen to. When you seek, do be careful. Because there's a lot of indoctrination out there. And it is very hard to find a message like I'm bringing. And I know there's people that will disagree with what I just said, that it's hard to find a message like I'm bringing because, oh, there's plenty of New Agers out there and woo-woo and stuff. No, listen to what I'm really bringing. Listen to how I'm able to bring all of this together. I'm not saying it's me. I'm saying I'm just, I'm just pouring this through from source. There's not a lot of people that are willing to do that. So love you guys. Y'all have an awesome day. Uh, it's like a fire in degrees and colors. God is all the colors of the wind. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you guys have a beautiful day. Thank you, Temple, for being here. 
Um, meditation will really take you into a whole nother level of this. I am working on teaching a course in light work meditations. Have not figured out what that's going to look like specifically, but the focus of that would be to help you reveal your spiritual gifts. So I'm working on that. If that's something you're interested in, leave me a comment. Just let me know you're interested so I can make sure that everybody that is interested has an opportunity with that. So anyway, y'all have a beautiful, beautiful day. God bless you. Be blessed. And by the way, go be a blessing to others. See you guys on the next one. Peace.